Hey everybody, I am Bo Ranstell. This is a special bonus episode of Hero Hero Ghost Show. That's right, we have returned. And I, I brought the cavalry this time with me as, as ever. The the yin to my yang, the sunny to my share. It is uh, one of my favorite people on the planet, Richard Glinschmidt, uh, with us today. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Could, could I be the tree to your sunny bono? Uh, sure. You could be the plane to my JFK Jr., <laughs> <laughs> that, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's because he's dead. Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, well, starting off dark. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Richard, uh, for people who don't know, you do a show called Hello, This is the Doom Show. Did I did I uh, put the, the right emphasis on that? It's, it's uh, hell no. This ain't no doomed show. <laughs> wow, you changed it up. Uh and our code name for it is Jello Jello. Who moved the tombstone? <laughs> nice. Yes, it is. It is. Hello, this is the Doomed Show right here on Legion Podcast Network. Sure, and you can go to doomedmoviethon.com, and there's plenty of stuff there, and uh, the, your book, Cinema Somnambulist. Uh, and what is your other book? I'm forgetting. Uh, Giallo Meltdown, a Giallo. Moviethon Diary. That's right, and. Uh, as I said, I'm a big fan. I lo- Hello, This is the Doom Show is one of those shows that I l- I'm behind one episode right now. I haven't listened to uh, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory yet. <laughs> but I-, I love the show. I listen to it constantly. It is, the- and I've said this to you before, but I love the editing on that show so much because you can kind of tell where you get bored with the editing <laughs> process. And decide just to throw in some shit that makes you laugh. Yep. And that, it does my heart good. Every time I hear one of those, like, pauses or, like, an uh that becomes a four-second echo chamber, it's the absolute best. I love it. I I wish (laughs) I did it. Like, at this point, I've thought about doing it in some of the shows that I edit, and I'm like, well, then I would just be ripping off the thing that I love so much about Hello, This is the Doom Show. And it doesn't fit my style but good lord, do I love it! I like when I make a horrible sound with my mouth that you know it was an accident as opposed <laughs> yeah. to just talking. Yeah, like I'll do this weird click choke garbage sound, and instead of erasing it, I'll you know play it seven times, and each time it gets progressively louder so that people don't miss the blah, 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 whatever crap I just did. I, I like hearing the laughs g- jump octaves. That's also <laughs> one of my favorites. So, but in addition to, and, and, and the reason I bring all this up is because you have sort of a particular expertise in Italian cinema, uh, Italian horror cinema, but you, uh, like myself, don't, you, you don't want to be trapped inside that box. You, you're, you're a wild stallion that cannot be tamed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so you enjoy uh the the asian cinema as well for listeners of this program and, and those who who have not listened you and i have discussed every damn tomie film yes all of them 
To date, let's hope there's more. Yeah, fingers crossed. We we've done the first two Whispering Corridors films, which were Whispering Corridors and Memento Mori. And boy, that Memento Mori is a banger. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good movie. Whispering Corridors is fine, don't get me wrong, but Memento Mori just makes it look like a little chump. <laughs> you little chump. <laughs> you you stupid galoot. Uh, <laughs> says Memento Mori to its predecessor. Unlike the Tomie series, Whispering Corridors is more uh, anthology-like in that they are all set in and around girls' high schools. And I would say the other thread is sometimes vague, sometimes more pointed lesbianism in, in the films. So we're, we're watching the second two of these which are the wishing stairs or just wishing stairs and voice are the next two in the series. And you and I have watched them. We have come together to now discuss them, pick them apart and, and hopefully uh, entertain the listeners along the way. Wait, this isn't for our personal silent archives. No, I'm recording this time. Oh, Hey, I said I haven't listened to the werewolf episode yet. Oh, I mean, oh, whoops. <laughs> so this is why you're doing the show, because uh, oops is going to stick with me for a while. Uh, speaking of uh, whoops, uh, just in case you hear some constant scuttling, it's not creatures other than kittens. We have two new insane creatures running around. So I apologize now if things get furry tonight. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but by creatures, what what sort? Uh, squirrels, ferrets. Oh, they are they are the kittens. Yes. Oh God, it's wild. You know, the, the kittens are the best. Yeah, it, they slept all day so they could be ready for this show. Let's talk about 2003's Wishing Stairs, also known as Yogo Gyodem Three Yewu Gyeden. So uh, that is horribly mispronounced, I am sure. This is directed by Jayun Yun. Uh, who did this in a movie called Yoga Class. Oh, yeah. Uh, which also stars uh, one of the, the actresses from this. I think it's Su Yun Sha is in Wishing Stairs as well. Anyway, uh, but he, he brings one person along for the ride. Um, and it is uh, starring Ji Hyo Song as Jin Sung. Uh, Han Byul Park as Kim So Hee, or So Hee as she's known in the film. Hyai Ju is played by An Jo, and uh, Yoon Ji, who's a side character, is played by Ji Yeon Park. Um, and that's kind of it. Uh, had you seen this before we watched it for this? If I had, it was like right after it came out because this was totally new to me. Only, um, only uh, Hyai Ju, she was the only one who I actually like had any recollection of it all that character yeah i i mean i had had this on the shelf for a long time and i had seen voice but not this oh okay so this was sort of me going back even though i had it i just hadn't watched it so i you know it was as good a, an excuse as any to uh force myself to watch this and it so i uh i as we mentioned i really enjoyed uh, both Whispering Corridors and especially Memento Mori. And I had always heard that it, after Memento Mori, it's sort of a downward slide from there. And I don't know that that's incorrect, but I don't think it's as dramatic a drop as perhaps I had assumed. No. 
and and so we'll get into this and uh, as as ever uh once i hit upon a plot point that i find uh hilarious or interesting uh please interrupt me before i i go on for too long about it so we we open uh on the wishing stairs in in uh, of the of the title these are uh known as the fox stairs uh throughout the film and Named, uh, of course, for Vicente Fox, uh, former president of Mexico. No, that's clearly not true. And so, so a girl is going up these steps, and she counts all the way up to 29 and says, Fox, Fox, hear my prayer. I wish for us to always be together forever. And, of course, we don't know who this girl is. We don't know what the fuck is going on here. All we know for sure is that she is praying to a fox, and that, to me, sounds like Midsummer. Uh-oh. Yeah, but it's not. That all that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Well, for one person in the film. Hey, thumbs up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we we move from this moment where we, we hear this girl making a wish, and we don't really see who it is and so forth. It just, you know, hey, some, someone has made a wish. Something mysterious is afoot. And then we go to a more sensical uh, Suspiria setting where uh, a girl named uh, Sohi is an injured dancer. She has hurt her knee. She is unable to dance with the rest of this dance class. And while they're performing, so she's kind of manning the stereo, which has a sweet two cassette deck in there. Shit. And live it up. Right? Brought back some memories of making mixtapes and doing my own stupid radio shows in high school. My ballet classes. I have only uh, ever seen ballet in scenes from movies. I've never attended the ballet. I just wanted you to think I was cool. I never did either. Yeah, I feel like it's something I ought to do one day, but then I won't. Well, it's going to end with people's heads exploding. I know that. Oh, you're 100% correct. Um, (laughs) So he has uh, procured a couple of tickets to a concert and is getting her uh, her friend Jin Sun to go along with her. And Jin Sun is not a natural talent the way that So He is. And so Jin Sun is like, "Hey, I need to stay in practice." And So He is like, "Fuck that noise! I got tickets. Let's let's blow this popsicle stand and go have a good time." And so that, in fact, is exactly what happens. But. Now we have to introduce our our third principal player in this story, which is Haiju. And Haiju is hanging out in a, a shed or something. It, uh, it turns out it's the uh, uh, like the basement of this uh, this school or something. Yeah, I think it was in the first film. Yeah, like I remember this room being like a place where people kind of would escape to from the first movie as well. Yeah. And, and there's a similar thing where much like the first film, we, we have somebody hiding out in there and somebody else comes in to have a smoke and the girl, uh, the other girl is just a, a classmate and we're not concerned with her, but Haiju is in there eating a just cake by the handful, Richard. Yeah. God, man, those are the days. He loves a cream cake. Man, she, and I mean, literally scooping it up with her hand and shoving it in her fat face. Now, I don't say that in a derogatory way. I say it in admiration. <laughs> and so this girl comes in to have a smoke and she's like, hey, hi, you. You're why are you eating that cake? You're fat already. And thanks. A, 
uh, not necessarily what you would call supportive. But she does say, like, hey, we could just use this place together from now on. And then she's like, hey, why does it smell so weird in here? Uh, anyway, it turns out Haiju is doing a sculpture of the wishing stairs uh, of the title. So she probably knows that these are important. Haiju is uh, showing off her sculpture. And this other girl from class is like, hey, that wishing stair shit is for babies. Are you a baby? Is that why you're eating so much? <laughs> Oh, brother. Uh, and had a little flashback to middle school. Oh, God, me too. And anyway, so so he and uh, Jin Sun are also not preoccupied, but certainly aware of this story about the stairs. And the whole deal is the sta- there are 28 stairs in, on, on the Fox stairs. But if the moon is just right and you believe with all your heart, you can climb to the 29th stair. And if you climb to the 29th stair and say, Fox, Fox, hear my prayer, then you make a wish and whatever you wish is going to come true because of a mystical chair or not chair, but a mystical stair. Oh my God. Don't do it. This is like creepypasta waiting to happen. Boy, your lips to Fox's ears. Meow. Is that what what foxes do? Ah! Whatever that weird thing they do. (laughs) Yeah. Do they just scream? Ah! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> like my grass when i cut it <laughs> um you're sick it bleeds boy wouldn't wouldn't that stop you from ever mowing your yard again if grass bled anything literally anything could get me to stop so yes <laughs> any excuse please <laughs> uh yeah that's why i pay a guy to do it uh, I just watch him from my window like, boy, that looks hot out there. And you laugh and laugh and laugh. Now, what I do is I fuck off to my basement and watch a movie. I'm like, hey, here's the check. Yell at me when you're done. Oh. I know. The old CEO wouldn't want to be a routine. Yeah. You know, he's an old man. He needs something to do. Oh. Yeah. I like him. He mows my yard and, and doesn't charge me much for it. And I appreciate that. So anyway, back to uh, Sohi and Jin Sun. Jin Sun um, is like, hey, I... If I were going to climb to the top of these stairs, I would wish to be a famous ballerina. And this is like after they're coming home from this concert and whatnot. And so he says, you know, I would just want you, Jin-sun. Aw. <laughs> Jin-sun runs up the stairs and counts off 28 steps so she didn't get to the 29th. And as she looks back, one of my favorite things happens in this movie where so he just does a heart with her arms and yells, love ya. <laughs> so adorable. It. It is the most adorable thing that has ever happened in a film. It It's wonderful. And so he comes across uh, at this point as this very, like, kind of free-spirited, much more carefree and easygoing kind of girl. And Jin Sun definitely has more of an edge to her. Like, she she's definitely more preoccupied with her own her own dancing you know and we'll see in a minute that so he it turns out is just fucking amazing but jen sun has to worry and and fret and and work to uh to be half the dancer that so he is kind of and also this is where we get more so i think later on but in this scene there's a little bit of that like does so he have deeper feelings for jen sun than is 
acceptable in quotes you know what i mean yeah you know because like i said in all these movies there's this sort of thread of maybe in this all-girls school environment there are these relationships between girls that are perhaps not appropriate or frowned upon or whatever um and i think that's more of a cultural thing like we'll get into it when we talk about voice but there's there's certainly this stigma attached to homosexuality in a way that you don't necessarily see in in film in western film anymore but it is nothing new like you take any 90s film if there's a lesbian in that movie she is either dead or the villain <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's kind of how these movies are too to be fair but yeah so after so he does her love ya and and warms my heart uh my heart grew three sizes that day but that's uh because of the fast food Back in in school the next day, we have a little problem with Haiju, who has forgot uh, forgotten her clothes, her gym clothes, and yep. <laughs> poor girl. And she, because she's a a bigger girl, um, all the classmates are like, "Well, you're not gonna fit in our clothes, fatty." And so, uh, so he uh, is the one who gives her like, "Hey, you can take my clothes, just get them cleaned and bring them back to me." And then we have this scene of Haiju running uh, with the girls in the gym. Oh, man. And it is just heartbreaking because she's like trying. There's a little bit of a fat suit thing happening here. Yes. Because <laughs> Anjo is, I mean, it's pretty obvious she's in a fat suit. It's not distracting, but, you know, the moment you get the setup, you know what's coming. Like, you know that there's... A change a coming for for her. And, yes, uh, scene is it's more more heart wrenching than me trying to do that one pull up I never did <laughs> in my entire life at school, and still to this day have never done a pull up ever. Yeah, that presidential fitness thing that <laughs> came down the pipe. They were just like, uh, "You're probably just not an American." <laughs> <laughs> but I love red, white, and blue cupcakes. That is true. Yeah, those are the best. They taste like freedom. Yep. And chocolate. Uh, Haiju is is running around. She's kind of holding her pants up, or her sweatpants up. And then they're like, uh, some girls are like, "Hey, Haiju, you split your pants, you big cow!" And uh, she is humiliated, and and it is uh, it's a real sad scene for uh, poor Haiju. And then <laughs> we cut over to another scene of humiliation where Jin Sun is being reamed by the dance teacher who's like, hey, you suck today. Yeah, did, So you skipped out on your practice to go see some concert? Do you know that with the body that you've got, you've got to practice a bunch. You can't be skipping uh, dance practice to run off and see a concert because you suck and you're not built to be a ballerina. So you have to work extra hard. I mean, it was Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> right. How often does Weezer really get to Korea? I mean, I'm assuming it's every third month of the year, but still. Yeah, they were doing the whole Blue Album uh, front yep. to back again. With a whole ballerina, the Russian ballerina team. I guess they're a team. Yes. Jellyfish was opening for Weezer Whoa. as part of that Pacific Rim tour. Oh my God. What about Green Jello? Oh, excuse me. Green Jelly. That's right. Oh, look! I, how dare you? First of all, to compare jellyfish and green jelly. <laughs> I just heard the word jelly and went crazy. 
I I will take my power pop Beatles and Queen influence band any day <laughs> over Green Jelly, uh, which is just me revealing that I'm a big fan of the band Jellyfish. Do it. Yeah, I, I did. There, it's out. Do it harder. I love Jellyfish. Spilt milk is underplayed. Uh, Damn right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go to one of those uh, like conversion camps or whatever. Where they teach me that jellyfish actually just is uh, derivative and not that good. <laughs> just listen to Queen. <laughs> Why are you taking the knockoffs? <laughs> you don't. You don't have to. Eat, you can eat the Cheetos. You don't have to go with the Cheez-Its. Uh, see, that's record store thinking. Don't don't listen to them. Listen to the band you want to listen to. You don't have to listen to their influences. You just listen to what you like. Yeah, that's why it's nothing but the Gyrobats for me. Oh, baby. Uh huh. Little plug for Richard's band, the Gyrobats. What uh, are they? What are we called? Is it? I thought it was Gyrobats. I'm changing the name now, buddy. Well, what what do I? What did I get wrong? It's Gyrojets. Gyrojets. Shit! I thought it was Gyrobats. Dude, we're gyro bats now. Fuck it. Right on. It's incredible. We could be a ska band. I mean, with that name, you could be anything. <laughs> you could do a remix of History Repeating with a, a, a name like Gyro Bats. I'm just saying. And I could go, remix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? And then Jay-Z could talk over it, and he could get some money, too. And li- Lil Nas X can <laughs> countryfy it. And then Lil John, Yeah! There's my reference. There's my my just-in-time for 2004 reference. And then Lil Wayne can quit the tour. That happened when he uh, toured with Blink-182. Too much. Mm It's heartbreaking. That is... And here's the reason that Lil Wayne should never have gone on that tour in the first place. Is that the Venn diagram of Blink-182 fans and Lil Wayne fans are two distinct circles. Ah, give me Flo Rida anytime. Right? As as a resident of Flo Rida. Exactly. I live on him. Uh, (laughs) That's very anime. (laughs) So, uh, where were... Oh, yeah, so he... um, uh, While her her friend Jin Sun is getting uh, wrung out by this teacher... So he is like, no, 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 no. This was this was me. This was my idea. I, I, she wanted to practice. I convinced her, and the dance teacher is just like, hmm, well, all right. I mean, you're the golden child, so he. So I'm gonna let this slide. But but she, this is where she fire the dance teacher fires the parting shot of like, you know, with your body, Jin Sun, you you have to work especially hard. It's like, oof, wow, brutal. It is so. So he uh, gets a a call late night, gets a gets a you up from so he, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so he can't really seem to to hear what Jensen is saying. And Jensen's like, I ask her it. I'm just going to go to bed. But late that night, someone comes to Jensen's window, and it's not uh, shit uh, uh, Melissa Etheridge this time. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All these references are at least 30 years old. Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> like, Come to My Window feels like a song that uh, Bruce Springsteen turned down. Yeah. He's just like, I don't think so. 
<laughs> There's not enough working class angst in it. I forged the glass in that window. Right, if it the was glass mill. Come to the window I made, and my dad died in the same glass factory. Now you got something. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. So, so the stranger at the window is, of course, so he who scares the shit out of Jin Sun as, as she creeps through the window all, all spooky-like. So so he decides that she's going to sleep in Jin Sun's room, and they're having a real uh, party uh, with, with the whole situation. Like, So he's doing Jin Sun's hair, uh, which isn't a great job, by the way. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> right, she tries to give it some curl, and it just looks like a mop fell on her head. <laughs> wonderful yeah but it's it's a really sweet moment between these characters though because like so he has taken a picture of the two of them and you know there's there's a real uh, like i said there, there's a sense that so he genuinely cares about jen son whether that's there's a, se- a sexual component to that or not she cares about this girl and is trying to i don't know, just be a teenager you know have some fun and stay up late and all that stuff and then Jin Sun, you know, is bitching about like, hey, my mom always wanted to be uh, a ballerina. And so he's like, ah, you know what? Screw all that. When you t- when we turn 20, let's just move in together and we'll we'll just have a good time for the rest of our lives because that's how it works out. But of course, that's not how things work out, Richard. Mm, not no. at all. And so we cut back to Haiju, who is... Uh, at home sucking on a lollipop or she's in her dorm room and making uh slurping noises <laughs> and and cleaning Jin, uh is it Jin Sun's clothes or so he's clothes that she borrows i think it's so he's yes yeah so he's the one who's nice to her i believe right which explains everything later but anyway so huh, spoilers that's going to be oh, important more. and so uh she's cleaning so he's clothes up and then she's talking to her plants and yeah yeah and she's a very strange girl and clearly kind of lonely but she's ostracized by the entire class other than so he um like everyone else is kind of cruel to her except for the one person in this movie that is actually sweet and nice and wonderful uh for as long as that lasts because uh Jun is doing a or Haiju, rather, is doing um, a, a sketch of these, the wishing stairs of the title, the, the Fox stairs. And she's saying, I would lose weight. I, that's what I want to do, is I want to be thin. So, uh, we we leave her to go back to Sohee and Jin Sun, who are in Jin Sun's room. And Jin Sun looks like she's asleep. So Sohi is sneaking out so she can get back home to... Because she lives at home with her mother while Jin Sun uh, lives at school. And so as she slips out, we get a shot where it appears that Jin Sun is asleep, but she's not. Uh, she is awake as she hears Sohi musing about like, you know, last night I said that I didn't really like ballet, but I really love it. And I look forward to being uh, Giselle to your Albrecht, uh, who are characters in a ballet thing. I think the ballet is actually just called, is it Giselle or is it Swan Lake? I think it's just called Giselle, at least within the posters. So yeah, I think that's right. So, so she's going to be like, so he is saying, Hey, I'll be the star and you'll be the second banana in this ballet. And then we're going to live together. 
And then, so he bends to Jin Sun's ear and says, uh, I'll see you at school. And then she leaves. And that's where we see that Jin Sun has been awake all along. And as she hears So He leave, she asks herself, Why wouldn't I be Giselle? Why do I have to be Albrecht? Here we go. Mm hmm. That is what we call setting up a plot point. <laughs> Dun, dun. Now back at school the next day, so he is talking to like a counselor or something, and she's being told about this big, <laughs> the big contest uh, that a lot of this movie hinges on, which is a ballet competition, which you and I have both participated in at least a half dozen times that I'm aware of. Yep, today. Yes. Even. I am. I'm light on my feet. Um, but there's this big dance competition where the winner gets to go study at the Russian ballet uh, or a Russian ballet. And all all you have to do is dance the part of Giselle really well. And the this so this teacher asks Sohi, like, hey, why are you screwing around with Jin Sun? Like, she's never going to be a real dancer, not like you. And you need to concentrate on your talent because you are way more talented than that. Look, I don't want to say it, but kind of anchor Jin Sun. So how about you cut loose this dead weight? And Jin Sun hears this. She's like outside in the hallway and hears all of this stuff, which, um, you know, like this, I've never been in a situation where I've heard a teacher just trashing me to another student. Uh, but that's only circumstance like that had to have happened at some point. I'm just saying. So I remember, I remember getting in trouble for wearing my Nazi punks fuck off shirt to school. And, and, and the teacher was like, it's your senior year. Why are you doing this now? And I was like, I don't know. I hate school and Nazi punks. I hate them. You know, I'm willing to, uh, to stand with you. On the anti-Nazi sentiment. Bold, my friend, in this day and age? What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of of timely <laughs> references, this one goes back about 70 years, where I oh. hate Nazis. Man, high five. <laughs> <laughs> right? And let's free the uh, France and get rid of the Vichy government. Yeah, freedom fries for everybody. <laughs> I, liberty cabbage. Oh, boy, I'd love to uh, dip some Freedom Fries in a Frosty right now. Oh, my God. Have you ever done yes. that? Uh, no, but I had it done to me once. <laughs> <laughs> my friend just started doing that without asking. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, it's good. I'm like, no, but it's my Frosty, you dick. Now my Frosty's all salty. Calling you out, Matt Torrance. Wow, naming names. I like where this is headed. I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> I, I can sense that. So, uh, back in the movie... Uh, Jin Sun is kind of walking along the stairwell and it's, it's really perilous. Like she's on the edge of, of, of these stairs that could send her, uh, tumbling down and, and harm herself in a little bit of foreshadowing. And so he grabs her and pulls her down and, and gives Jin Sun a big hug. And so he is like, I was looking all over for you. And then, so he's mom calls and, and pulls. So he away, like she's got a, she's got a bolt. And then Jin Sun, who is being surly because she just heard a teacher trasher, is startled by uh, Haiju. And Haiju has now lost a shit ton of weight. Yeah. 
She she was on the supernatural keto diet. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fox Stairs diet. Oh shit! We should write a book. All right, I'll cut all this out. We're gonna write a book called the the uh, Fox Stairs Diet, <laughs> and we're gonna make a lot of money. Hell yeah! <laughs> and, and oh, and there will be twenty nine chapters. Shit! We'll, we'll get Susan Powder to be our spokeswoman. <laughs> Stop the insanity! Is she dead? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not either. Her. We need you now. Now more than ever, we're Susan Powder to stop the insanity. She's watching the movie Powder. Oh my god. She's like, I thought this was about me. What the fuck? And instead, it's the glorified story of molestation. Yowza. Um, So, yeah, that director's a real piece of garbage. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so Haiju, um, all skinny-fied now, is is telling Jin Sun... Like, hey, I went to the the 29th step of the Fox Stairs, and I got all super skinny. And Jin Sun is like, you're crazy. So that sets up the fact that Jin Sun now believes, or at least the seed has been planted, that this is a real thing. Did you ever have anything, like, any weird superstitions like that? Like, if you do this and and make a wish, it'll come true? Like, you know, uh, plucking uh, an eyelash, and if you blow it, off a finger or something and make a wish that kind of thing i used to wish when it was like 11 11 or 222 or 333 or whatever and then uh my fucking wish never came true so i stopped doing it like like goonies style i took my fucking quarters back oh wow did you ever have a a a tete-a-tete with one-eyed willy where you rediscovered the magic in life every day around (laughs) six ish a.m or p.m Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, I prefer the morning. It's just a good way to start the day. I, I my wish was always the same. I wanted to be with Mandy Zolano. Who is Mandy? Never Zolano? happened. No, still not till this day. And she's married to somebody else, and me, I'm married to somebody else. Didn't work out. So fuck you, wishing stairs. Yeah, up your butt with a coconut, wishing stairs. <laughs> I go up the twenty sixth step and I take a shit. You fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you climb the wishing stairs be careful the 26th step uh, a disgruntled wisher took a shit there <laughs> uh, anyway so back at our dance movie um so he is about to perform uh in in dance class um and her toe shoes are missing so she has to borrow jensons and the, a couple of interesting things I noticed about this. Uh, so he is always wearing a lighter color than anyone else. Like everyone else is always dressed in black and she's in white or pink or some light color, at least in the upfront. Um, to, I, I suppose, just visually represent the fact that she is this very positive, buoyant young woman. But she starts dancing and she's great. Like she is doing this weird, like, I'm going to stand on one tippy toe and kick my leg and hop on the the ends of my feet in a like it's ballet shit and i don't know what it's called i'm sure there's a technical term for it but it's impressive her her body her body double knows what it's called uh absolutely but it it really is kind of a cool scene and like i said i know nothing about ballet but watching that i was like oh wow that's really impressive just as, as from an athletic point of view if nothing else oh yeah and so she's great, but we also see that 
she's got blood spreading in one one of her shoes. But she still kind of, you know, powers through and, you know, does the dance. And anyway, then after she gets done, the teacher tells the rest of the class, you know, hey, do your best. But, you know, so he kind of rock this. So, you know, you don't have to try that hard. And so, so he gives her shoes back to Jin Sun and is like, hey, pal, you need to get new shoes. These are all worn out. Love ya. And uh, the rest of the class, of course, assumes that so he is going to be the winner. But Jin Sun then asks the teacher, like, hey, I want a chance at, at playing Giselle. And the teacher is like, no, <laughs> are you stupid? Did you see what Sohee just did? <laughs> no, have a seat. Thanks for playing, Jensen. And then a little bit later, after yet another humiliation, Sohee finds Jensen sitting all by herself. And so he is like, hey, how about we go buy those toe shoes? I, I know I said yours were worn out. How about I, I'll, we'll go shop for that, and then we'll go to dinner, and it's totally my treat. And being a an ebullient, wonderful girl, so he is nothing but a, a positive force in this film uh, until about two scenes from now. And But Jin Sun is, is surly about it. It's like, no. And she just storms off. Doesn't really say anything to Sohi at all. And then, Richard, we come to the true crux of the film, in which Jin Sun climbs the fox stairs and believes with all her heart that something supernatural and terrible can happen and so makes it to the 29th step and she wishes you know fox fox hear my prayer just this one time let me win and so the uh the the gears turn for the rest of the film and so we have this dance teacher who um you know, is kind of giving her spiel, instructing the class, and then Jin Sun is looking all ominous and shit. And uh, while she practices, meanwhile, so he is getting her gym clothes back from um, from Haiju, and Haiju was so appreciative. She got so he a little tiara that she she hands back with the, her freshly clean clothes, and um, Jin Sun, or I'm sorry, so he. Uh, sees uh, Haiju and is like, oh, hey, thanks for these clothes. And she kind of chases after her, but Haiju is really trucking and she she doesn't catch up. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, she's trucking now because she lost all that weight. You know what I'm saying, I'm Richard? Telling you. Yeah, you, ba- you kind of bound across rooms by accident now. <laughs> right. She's so, like, she's got such muscular thighs. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, so <laughs> Jin Sun in the locker room uh, of this dance school or dance class ha- has opened up her locker to find a brand new pair of toe shoes with a note from Sohi that's like, hey, you know, I sorry if, if you were upset and here's here's some brand new shoes because I said they were worn out and, um, you know, again, just being wonderful. Biner shoes. Nobody has ever bought me shoes, not since I was a child. Did you not check your mailbox today? I did not. There could be shoes in there. Show me toe shoes. Ding. That is so toe shoes. <laughs> That's uh, that was one of my favorite video games, Toe Shoes and Earl. I missed that one. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> toe Jam and Earl actually is the name of the video game. Uh, and there was, 
I think the sequel was called Escape from Funkatron, <laughs> which is one of the greatest titles for anything. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So then we cut over to the competition. And so he uh, kills it. Like, this is kind of the, I, I guess, regionals or something. Like, it's not the big contest, but it's part of it. it like, the school-level contest or something. And so he just rocks it. Like, she's doing uh, a, a, such an impressive job. Like, she is effortless in her dancing. And we then cut from that, from so he just being amazing, to Jin Sun walking through the school... Uh, like in between classes or something like people are all around her and it's this moment where like everyone is having a great time except for her she looks like somebody uh as as the pope said pissed on her cornflakes where she looks like she she could not be less pleased with everything in her life and it doesn't help that so he catches up to her and is like what's wrong pal love ya jin sun says to so he I hate you. You make me feel miserable. And I just, I don't want to be around you anymore. And Jensen starts to like take off. And so he is like, if you leave like this, we're through. And Jensen keeps moving. So, so he then runs after her and hugs her from behind and says, look, all I need is you. I don't care about anything else. I just need you. And Jensen shrugs her off, like twists out of her, her grip. And so he takes a tumble down the steps and fucking dies. Man. Yeah. It's it, like I was genuinely shocked at this point uh, in the film where I was like, oh, fuck. Like the, the one character that's kind of the, the bright light. But again, I, I should have known better. But I was like, oh, this is probably going to be this story. Like Haiju is going to be this, you know, single white female kind of character or something. And that's kind of the case, but not quite. But uh, it's really just like, oh, this is the story of Jin Sun being perpetually in the shadow of So He to the point that she desperately makes this wish that results in the death of her friend. And so I have to ask you now, Richard, how many people have you wished to die? Oh, boy. Um, whew, whew. Uh, my, uh, my freaking uh, Spanish teacher, Mrs. Wilson, uh, I wrote in my notebook that I wished she was dead. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, of course, was going through my belongings and found that. And she's like, is this what you want? <laughs> like, can you just imagine her being dead? This is sick. And I was like, I'm sorry. I, I never thought of it that way. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I, I wanted her to die. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I, I don't know that I, eh, I, I probably said it out loud enough that it counts as a wish, but I had a high school geometry teacher that was one of the most unpleasant human beings I've ever run across. And I remember wishing that he would die. Yep. And, and then about, I don't know, five or six years after that, I heard he got cancer and died. <laughs> and I thought, good. That is... <laughs> That makes the world a slightly better place. There you go. That's terrible, but true. Hey, you are a killer. <laughs> I'm a murderer. Yeah, it, believe me, if I thought I had that power, oh boy, there <laughs> I wouldn't stop at geometry teachers, you know what I mean? That list is long. But, but yeah, it, I mean, 
I, I kind of asked that jokingly, but also to the point, like, this is just some high school bullshit. You know, this is the kind of thing that you've got. I know for, for a fact I had that friend in high school that whether it was true or not, I thought was better at everything than I was. And I did resent that to some degree. I mean, and, and I suppose had we ever been in a competition with each other, perhaps I would have tried to climb magic stairs. But <laughs> I didn't have that opportunity. There were no fox stairs where I was going to school. Much to all, my all, all of my friends are always ridiculously better at everything than me. So it's not, I don't even think about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm scum. You're not scum. I don't know. I'm pretty pondy scum scum. Nah. All right. Um, you taught me into it. <laughs> I pooped on the stairs. <laughs> right. The 26th step of the Fox stairs has a different story to tell. And no one has beat me at that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't wish on the poop, though. <laughs> you, you might be tempted uh, because you've climbed all those steps and you're tired. Of like, hey, why don't I just wish on this poop? <laughs> but don't do it. Because uh, what what you're going to get, your wish will come true, but it will smell terrible. Exactly. <laughs> and and it'll be peanutty. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, after Jensen uh, supernaturally kills Sohi, um, we we move pretty quick to the actual dance competition, where Jensen dances the part of Giselle. Before she, she gets out and dances, though, another little moment in this movie that I really love, there's a girl uh, who goes ahead of her that is doing, like, a pirouette or whatever happens in ballet, and she falls. Oh, man. And the judges are like, one, you suck. And But the thing I loved about it is she comes running off the stage sobbing, just like, <laughs> oh, I have fucked it. Like, I've worked all my life for this moment, and I fucked it up. Ugh. My God, that is such a great moment. It felt like something out of Drop Dead Gorgeous or something. <laughs> yeah, and Wonderful. just just watches her go by as like, oh, that sucks. Um, but, you know, I got the wishing stairs on my side, so kind of fuck her. <laughs> and Jin Sun then goes out and she performs. And unsurprisingly, uh, she she gets the... the scholarship or whatever uh she like backstage like a bunch of classmates or you know fellow dancers have given her flowers and stuff like that jin sun i i fucked this up but anyway so he doesn't die immediately when she falls she's taken to the hospital so jin jin sun goes to the hospital to visit her and um while she's visiting, like she's kind of hanging out in the hallway and overhears this scene between Sohi and her mother, where her mother is just like sobbing because Sohi is in a wheelchair now. And Sohi is like, I don't care that I, I can't do ballet. Uh, I just, you know, I don't want you to worry about this. Trying to be somewhat positive, I guess. But uh, Jin Sun goes back to the hospital room after uh, Sohi's mother's left. And we hear. So he kind of humming the music from Giselle, which is a recurring theme of, of, of this, this tune. And Jin Sun leaves her this like, get well soon bouquet. And it's a real like, you know, half-ass effort of apology in my opinion. And so afterwards she goes home and uh, Jin Sun does, goes back to her room where she sleeps the sleep of the damned. Uh, and so he appears in her room. 
like climbs through the window. Yeah. Which if you're uh, a, a wise guy like myself, who's seen some of these movies is like, wait a second. She was in a wheelchair a second ago. Uh, she's fucking dead. And so, so he uh, says, Oh, Jinsun, you forgot your umbrella. And Jinsun said, you know, I waited at the hospital, but I thought you were going to refuse to see me again. And so he's like, don't worry about that. Congratulations on winning the comp uh, on the competition and reiterates. All I need is you. You are, you are the thing that is important to me. But then the next morning, Jinsun quite literally rolls out of bed. Uh, <laughs> where she falls on the floor and her window is open, but there is no so he. And so she trucks to school and at first it seems like, oh, maybe she's she's found this kind of, uh, you know, new success or new acceptance from her class. But then it, mm. it that turns real fast where uh, one of the cla- her classmates, like uh, the kids kind of give her the cold shoulder. And one of the classmates tells her, hey, Jin Sun, you know, your friend, so he she's dead now. Uh, she she got real bummed and jumped out of her window. Of of the hospital. And Jin Sun responds by just passing out. <laughs> which Full is full on dive to the floor, like, oh man. Yeah, it's a real oh, there goes the day. And <laughs> just down. And when she finally comes to, she's uh she's with a a, a teacher and uh she tells the teacher, like, hey, so he was in my room just last night. And they're like, No, she wasn't. Also, you're a shitty dancer. And then uh, we have a like a shot of like there's this big funeral procession through the school, and there's like students carrying portraits of Sohi. Oh my god! Right? I mean, it, it's like a head of state has died. It's incredible. And also, what like any anyone who committed suicide in high school, this is what they imagined happening following their death. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying most of the time it doesn't go this way, so don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like your fantasy of the funeral when you kill yourself is not what's really going to happen. It's going to be a bunch of people being like, Oh, I bet, I bet it was about a girl. <laughs> when really it was about a boy. Oh, sexy. Boom. Um, so, uh, Haiju, by the way, is there, but she's not in this procession. She's just weeping. Like she's in the corner crying as she watches this procession. And so Jin Sun then changes rooms because of her. I don't know if she's the one who requested it or if just the, the teachers were like, hey, she keeps talking about how this girl who jumped out of her hospital window last night was in her room. So maybe we're going to move her to another room and which is what happens. And then uh, Haiju gets her room. So like Jin Sun's old room and has a box of dolls. That she's carrying around with her? Yes. That is never good. She's got a box of dolls and her her plants that she talks to mm-hmm. in equal measure. And then a bottle of diet pills? <laughs> yeah. Which makes you go, hold on. Did she get her wish? I know she lost weight overnight and everything, but what's really going on with this girl? Right. And because we... If memory serves, we never see her climb the stairs. Like we see her drawing of the stairs, exactly, and, and we, her, her, yeah, and we hear Sculpture her, ma- as well. right? But there's no clear indication that she personally 
climb the stairs. And and like you said, this big bottle of horse pills, the, you know, a bunch of speed <laughs> that she's got <laughs> could have contributed to her weight loss. But or it could be supernatural. Like, you know, that there there is some question in my mind about that. And anyway, so Jin Sun is trying to help her pick shit up. And uh, Haiju is like, get your fucking hands off this stuff. This is mine. And, you know, like runs off, leaving some of her shit behind, which I thought was pretty funny. Of just like, I got the important stuff. Where's my bottle, my bottle of horse tranquilizers or whatever, and I'm fine. And so she, we find Haiju later in kind of her, her secret place in this kind of art room. And she's holding Sohi's shoes and crying. And um, then one of the classmates sees that Haiju is kind of carrying around some of Sohi's things. And in the middle of the classroom, she swipes them from Haiju and just kind of dumps them out and is like, hey, look at this freak carrying around Sohi's stuff. And and this, again, there's this weird implication here that perhaps Haiju had like a deeper obsession or attraction to Sohi. So there's this weird kind of love triangle almost where Haiju was into Sohi, Sohi was into Jinsun, and Jinsun was into Jinsun. Except, love it. Yeah. Then Haiju almost <laughs> bashes one of these girls, teasing her with a desk. Like, picks yeah. up a desk and holds it over her head, but stops herself. And I'm like, no, no, no. You give that girl all the desk you want. <laughs> I just love like the, the, there's so many little threads here going on that you're you're sort of distracted from the uh, ever escalating madness of uh, a freaking haiju like it's coming. Yeah, but like the, the groundwork is all like one of the things I really like about this movie is that very thing that you've got this story of Jin Sun who is this young girl who is consumed by her own kind of petty ambition. So much so that it resulted in the death of, of her best friend. And kind of in the shadows is Haiju, who, as we will soon learn, plays a much more important role. But she's always been, like, she's the one that turns Jinsun on to um, the, the the Fox Stairs. She's the one that seems to be consumed with Sohi. And as we see here in a minute, she is the one that is going to create the nightmare to follow. Where, um, like, Haiju <laughs> ends up going... Or, let me take a step back, because there's one important scene here in, in the lunchroom, where Haiju oh, is eating like it's her fucking job. And she's like, I've been hungry all day. And the other girl's teasingly are like hey do you want some of our food too here's here's some of our stuff and then haiju stands up and just screams do you think i'm a pig and then runs off and then we go to this scene in a bathroom where there are two girls like two not haiju none of our main characters there are just two girls who are kind of grousing at one another about like, hey, you're a little fat. And she's like, well, I'm going to lose some weight. And it's like, well, if you lose weight, it all comes from your tits. And oh my God. <laughs> it's just a real catty, like high school girl conversation. And they then they hear something and open up a stall. And therein is Haiju. And there is vomit airware. <laughs> like more, more than a human could hold. It's just everywhere. It's so 
nasty. It's ridiculously gross, but uh, but kind of. It's one of those things. Like this movie is not terribly gruesome, but that scene is pretty repulsive. Like, yeah, it's it's one of two like whoa stinger moments. The, the other ones coming up or later where it's like, oh my god, that's disgusting. Yeah, I think in both of these movies, I think kind of wait to spring that stuff on you there's only a couple of moments in each of these movies there that are traditionally gory anyway so it's a real mess in there and the next moment this is really the big moment where haiju uh after all this humiliation now goes to the fox stairs like no question about it we see her climbing the stairs counting up to 29 and when she takes the last step what she wishes for this time is for Sohi to come back to her, which is a real monkey's paw kind of situation. Yeah, like it's like the monkey's paw, except every digit is just a penis that's going to smack you in the face for eternity. <laughs> right. You know, one of my favorite things about ghost stories within Asian horror and just Asian culture in general is that rarely are the ghosts just like, oh, this is the ghost of Sir Edward the Lionhearted. He wanders the hallways, and if you know, every night at one seventeen a.m., you can see him go from this door to that door. Whereas, you know, in in traditional Asian horror, the ghosts are like, "Oh, they're going to come back and fucking kill you." Yep. Like the everything is a spirit of vengeance. So when you actively climb a supernatural set of stairs and say yo that dead girl i like i want her to come back that's a bad move it's bad form so then we we go back to the the dance classroom where jin sun is now like sort of top of the class and very interestingly is also wearing white where everyone else is wearing dark colors so she has fully assumed the role of sohi here perhaps a little foreshadowing as well mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and everyone loves her for it oh, oh. Sure. the teacher um has to basically force the kids to applaud when she's like <laughs> hey jin sun won the competition That's and they're all like so uh-huh good. and she's like Go ahead and, you know, it's the, uh, was it Mitt Romney that did the, oh, you can clap at that? Yeah. <laughs> or no, Jeb Bush. That's who it was, Jeb Bush. Yeah. Please, please applaud. Yeah. It's it's one of those scenarios where it's like the saddest applause ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeb. And, all right. So now, after, like, Jin Sun has done everything to get ahead in this movie and still can't quite get there. You know, like. Because she's doing it all the wrong ways, I, I suppose, is the, the true lesson um, that she's trying to shortcut her way into being the best dancer. And as a result, ends up fucking everything up. But so we go to Haiju, who is left alone in the school as like the school has let out for the day and everybody's taken off. But it's raining outside and she starts to go out and then runs back in. And then as she's walking around in the the school in wet shoes, uh, she hears something inside the school with her. And then she opens up her umbrella and does this dance number where she's kind of mimicking. So he's kind of hopping on her toes. And then as she's doing that, she sees someone in the distance in the in the hallway. 
that looks suspicious, suspiciously like so he dancing. And so Haichu goes to investigate. She goes into the bathroom. And one of the stalls has a picture of like Haiju and a bunch of vomit. <laughs> and it says, for Haiju's use only. <sighs> Look, I'm not saying high school is easy, but these kids are particularly vicious. Yeah. Not just with Haiju, like Jinsun is getting it too. Like between the two of them. Honestly, they should just befriend one another and be their own little clique and problem solve. But hmm. that would be a power team. Uh, Haiju and Jinsun, the buddy cop movie that we've never had. <laughs> uh, but while <laughs> Haiju is in this bathroom, she sees in the mirror. Well, there are two mirrors, and in one mirror, she sees Sohi dancing. But the reflection doesn't carry over to the other beer, which is a nice little creepy touch. After that shock, Haiju downs some pills, <laughs> goes back to her room and just chokes out a few pills while the radio is talking about like, hey, if you're lonely, you should just kill yourself. Oh, yeah. I love the transition in that scene where it's it's a positive message with a soothing voice and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it starts off like, you know, if you're lonely, then no one is going to want to be around you and you need to have a positive outlook. And by the way, if you are just sustained lonely, like if you're walking around talking to plants and maybe you got a box full of dolls and you've been wishing to be thin on the box stairs, you should probably just kill yourself. But uh, it turns out that she has made a sculpture of Sohi. And when she looks, like, as she hears this radio and starts to get a little freaked out, she looks over at the sculpture, and she sees, like, Sohi's eyes staring out from the sculpture. And then a table moves suddenly, and it's basically just a bunch of freaky poltergeist stuff popping off. And then as she approaches the radio to turn that off, it sh it kind of scoots at her, and then falls off, and then that breaks. And then... A window opens up in the room, and there is Sohi saying, you know, your hair would be prettier if it were black instead of kind of the light brown that it is. And then Sohi, uh, who for listeners, just to reiterate, is dead, uh, says, I always wanted to get close to you, Haiju. And then she turns and look like Haiju turns and looks in the mirror and sees herself with black hair all of a sudden. It's a like this whole sequence I love. I think everything okay. about this scene is just rad. Yes. It is very, very creepy. So now we've got speaking of power couples, <laughs> <laughs> so he and Haiju, uh, where, you know, so he is is using um Haiju uh, to exact her revenge, as as we will find. And so we we go back to Jin-san, who is working with the dance teacher to kind of, you know, get her act together before she takes off uh, for this Russian dance academy. And um, then she goes to the showers, you know, hits the showers after a hard day of dancing. And one of the other girls in the shower with her, it's, you know, a communal shower kind of situation. And a friend of hers is like, hey, why did you trade toe shoes with so he anyway and then the lights go out and the water stops running and you know this is your typical ghost behavior uh if you're a ghost hunter like myself 
And then when the lights come back on, the water has turned to blood. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good blood shower, too. It's awesome. I love that's one of my favorite things in horror movies, man. It, yeah, it's really good. And then we hear the, the music from Giselle playing and see this ghost dancing around and all the girls run out, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they, and these girls haven't even seen the ghost proper. They just heard, uh, the music got the blood shower and the lights went out and that is plenty for them. And they fuck off. Um, <laughs> which again, appropriate response to that situation. But so we leave that spooky scene to go back to Haiju, who sure enough is dying her hair black in her room. And she's talking to Sohi. We don't ever see Sohi in this scene, but she's talking to her. And we just hear her side of the conversation that ends with her saying, all right, Sohi, I'll do what you say. Never a good sign. Mm-mm. No, sir. If you are being haunted, just a, a, a little note to the listeners. If you are being haunted and a ghost is like, Hey, if you do what I say, everything's going to be cool. Chances are that's a lie. Dude, you're so cynical. You think? Jeez. How many ghosts have had your interest in mind? So far, all of them. Wow. You're very lucky. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, back in in her room uh, with the lights out, Jin-sun gets spooked by her school uniform, which is hanging on a mirror. But in fairness, the reason she gets spooked is when she glances over at it, a hand comes out of the sleeve, which is also one of my favorite things in this movie. And then someone starts trying to open her door. You think it's going to be so he, but it's not kind of, it's Haiju. And Jinsen opens the door, Haiju runs inside and she says uh, that she can't sleep and she's hearing noises like someone is tapping at her window. And Jinsen is like, no, 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 it's the wind. You need to go back to your room. And Haiju is like, okay, well, I guess you've sealed your fate then. <laughs> it takes off. <laughs> and, oh, man, there is nothing creepier to me than someone either hearing or someone even telling you. As I was lying there asleep or half asleep, I heard someone gently tapping at my window. That'll lock my sphincter up in a heartbeat. <laughs> To the point, like, I got to take it to a mechanic to get it worked on. <laughs> so some of the girls are, are uh, like some cla- uh, classmates of uh, Jinsun and, and Haiju are going down the fox steers and they're kind of talking about what they wish for. And one girl says like, oh, I forgot something. But she's actually just running back to try to make a wish of her own. And you know, wishes are running fucking rampant on this campus. Uh, which is never good. And it turns out that this uh, this girl is um, in the sculpture class. She's the one that was smoking uh, that caught Haiju uh, in the, the same room that we saw from, I guess, the first Whispering Corridors. And she her wish, as as we learn, is she wants to get first place in this like sculpture class that she's in. And so we cut to said sculpture class and the teacher is like, this is the final exam. You're going to do a self portrait sculpture. Is that what you call it? A self portrait sculpture? A self Sounds about right. Self sculpture? A self sculpture? A self sculpture? Um, that, that's got to be it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to say. And 
so Yoonji is this girl's name, and she um the, she's like a, a a little bit higher level or something because the the art professor is like, hey, you're gonna go work on your sculpture, you know, in this other room while everyone else is is working in here, and don't think I'm gonna take it easy on you. And she's like, yeah, 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 I got it. So she is having a smoke, uh, talk like doing that pretend interview. Uh, with herself where she's like, Oh, well, you know, yes, I'm a very famous sculptor and yes, you know, that kind of thing, which I really like. And so she's not happy with her sculpture, but you know, in, in the typical way that as a student, you're just like, Oh, this sucks. And you know, she decides she's going to take a break for a second. And she thinks she hears what's like a rat or a mouse, like a little squeak above her. And throws a rock at the pipes that are running up ahead of her. And then we see that Haiju has snuck into the room with her. And when Haiju gets close, she's like, oh my god, Haiju, what's going on? You smell like rot, is the way she describes it. God. And Haiju says, hey, you're in my chair. And Yunji is like, what? And she's like, yeah, you're in my chair. And then attacks her by just grabbing her by the skull. And, like, pulling her back, and Yunji wrestles out of her grip and takes off running, but, like, towards the exit, but before she can get to the exit, there's Haiju again. And, in a very creepy fashion, Haiju says, I know what your wish is, and I'm here to grant it. (laughs) And then she takes, like, a a sculptor spade, kind of a, a knife that's got a flat end on it. And just starts stabbing. And covered in blood, Haiju just starts laughing. It's pretty good. Um, then, <laughs> true to uh, her word, Haiju has in fact granted her wish. Because the art teacher finds the sculpture waiting for him in this room. Oh man. Which is... Uh, Yunji herself dead, covered in clay. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's the best. And then he leaves a note saying, Hey, Yunji, you're the best. <laughs> Which is exactly what she wished for. And oh, it's so good. Now we, we get to Haiju starting to realize that what she has brought back is in very pet cemetery fashion is not the Sohi that she she is missing. Um, because Haiju is saying, like, I don't want to be left alone, but I think you this is a bridge too far. Like, murdering Yunji in in this room uh, and covering her in clay, it's maybe a little more than Haiju signed up for. But Sohi seems to kind of assert control of her. And, like, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Anjo does such a great job of being able to turn on a dime from being like panicked and a little eccentric to straight up menacing, which is where where we end up with her in this scene where it seems like she's res- wrestling for control of her own soul and loses. Yeah. So Jin Sun ha- now gets a letter from this Russian school and the envelope is open, though, and there's nothing inside. <laughs> so 
she's looking for the dance teacher and goes to the the dance room where the students have gathered to surprise her with a cake. Yes. <laughs> and yes. She, and she's like, oh, my God. They're like, you don't think we'd forget that you're leaving, do you? And she's like, oh, my God, you guys are the best. And they're like, hey, we even made you this cake. Come on, get close to it so you can really see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just smack her in the face with this cake. The whole school. <laughs> we just... collectively fucking hate your guts. <laughs> Right. Remember when we didn't applaud for you? We got together and decided that wasn't enough and wanted to humiliate you more certainly. Uh, Hiju's like, don't you dare waste that cake. I'll eat it off your face. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) I'm your dietician now, Nancy. (laughs) Licks it off her face like a dog. That's Uh, hot. Mm, it kind of would be. I'm what they call uh, a food eroticist. And by oh. they, I mean me. Hmm. You just call yourself that? Yes. I love it. <laughs> that, that's what I have on my business cards. <laughs> so what do you do for a living? I think this will explain everything. <laughs> this, <laughs> this actually explains nothing. <laughs> it just says food eroticist. <laughs> it has a picture of a kumquat. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh so this table after haiju or not haiju but after jinsun is humiliated um a table like jinsun's leaving or like running out this table slides down the stairs where so he fell and jinsun is like oh well that's both coincidental and creepy and then behind her a body falls and then when she turns around it's like oh nothing's there and then maybe the most striking image of the movie is this vision of Sohi grabbing her legs and just slowly looking up at her. Yeah. And then she has a vision of Sohi, which we saw earlier in one of the classrooms where Sohi was drawing this kind of infinity symbol on the chalkboard, except now she's doing it super, super fast and we see her from the back, so we just see like her straight black hair. And then she turns around, and it's more black hair! There ain't no face! She's Cousin It. She kind of does have a Cousin It vibe if Cousin It were, I don't know, bent on hellish revenge. And and so then Jinsun gets a text from Sohi to meet in this sculpture room, you know, the, this uh, side room at 7. And against all... All right-headedness, Jinsun goes. Oh, my lord, she wants to die. I mean, apparently, you you could not get me in that room, uh, no matter what. But, yeah, she's just like, hey, I'm getting text messages from a girl that I kind of had a hand in murdering. All right, probably should go see what's up with her these days. <laughs> and so, as soon as she enters, someone covers her eyes from behind and is like, guess who? And it turns out it's Haiju, not so he, but kind of they're one in the same at this point. And Haiju hugs her from behind and is like, I'm so sad that you're leaving, Jinsun, and calls her my little Jinsun, which is what so he called her in the beginning. And she says, I've prepared something. And, you know, in celebration of, of your uh, your big dance victory, 
and has a bottle of wine. But when uh, Jinsun looks in the mirror, it's so he's reflection that we see and not Haiju, which is kind of a nice touch. And uh, Haiju is like, oh, I need a corkscrew. That won't be, you know, threatening or dangerous. So Jinsun then, of course, getting spooked and starts to try to hide. And she, like, knocks over a bust and uh, knocks over. And I think this is the point in the movie where she's kind of hiding and she knocks over one of these busts. And that's the point where Haiju is like, found you. Mm. It's a really creepy moment. Jinsun is running. Haiju is pursuing her. And Haiju like grabs her again and, and repeats what so he has been saying all through the movie, which is all I need is you. And as Jinsun is getting hugged from behind by Haiju, who, by the way, still has a corkscrew in her hand. Uh, but she again kind of wrestles free of her and Haiju ends up taking a tumble down the steps, which is a move that I now call the Jinsun. <laughs> hey. You got it, flaunt it. <laughs> right. Her, like, I don't know how she is at dance. I don't have the authority to judge her. But as far as wiggling out of people's grasp and then tossing him down the fucking stairs, <laughs> she gets a 10. The American judge gives her a 10 here. Jin Sun then has to go down the steps and kind of walk around her. And she, like, steps over, but Haiju is awake and starts coming after her. And then we make our way back to this room where Jinsun knocks over this jug of what is presumably flammable liquid. I think it's like a, a paint thinner or something like that. And as Jinsun is hiding herself away, Haiju busts in like Jack Torrance from the fucking Shining. Yes. This is the point where Jinsun is hiding and where Haiju is like, hey, I'm fine. You know, I love you, Danny. <laughs> and she's like, there's no reason for you to hide. And this is the point where, like, Jin-sun is crawling backwards and puts her hand on a doll that squeaks. And that's the point where Haiju, like, snaps her head in that direction and goes, found you. Oh, it's chilling. And then Jin-sun says, like, hey, I didn't push you down the stairs, so he. Like, that that was an accident. And then uh, Jin-sun, as she's kind of, stroll like trying to stay away from Haiju accidentally knocks over Eugene, the uh girl what is now dead and covered in clay. Oh man. And this is kind of the other gnarly moment, but it is yes. especially gnarly. <laughs> where like Eugene falls over and there are now just maggots on her face and in her eyes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's so freaking brutal, man. I love like and it's so much more grotesque because that professor was like checking out that sculpture, you know, before it was rotting and was like, man, she really nailed it. Right. <laughs> she captured her own essence perfectly. This really looks like her. That's crazy. I, I mean, this I, is what I imagine she'd look like naked, you know, in my mind. I'd almost say it was her, but she's kind of covered in clay, so it can't be. Plus, nobody could stay that still that long. I gotta go finish grading these t term papers. Bye. Bye. Sculpture. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Jinsun uh, gets like a, one of those sculptor spades of her own and is like, you know, stay back, Haiju. And uh, she pushes Haiju down and runs off. 
And as she's running away, Haiju says in a very Sohi way, if you leave like this, we're through. And then there is a moment where Haiju kind of takes control of herself again and says, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of doing this. This is not what I, I intended to do. You know, like when I called for Sohi to come back, this is not what I meant. And this is not what I wanted. And she has a moment where she has control of herself and enough presence of mind to just set herself on fire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then we get a kind of a bit of sort of revelation where we start to understand the the links to which Jinsun went to sabotage Sohi. And one of the things that we see is the reason we saw blood on Sohi's shoe earlier is that when Jinsun was in the locker room before that competition, she throws a glass down and puts broken glass in Sohi's toe shoes. And yeah, it's like you were kind of an asshole from Jump. Yeah, which is even weirder that did Sohi know that her friend had sabotaged her? Like, I mean, she must have known. I don't think she really knew until, like, after she came back. Oh, okay. You know, like, I think it's one of those things where the dead have knowledge of all sort of thing. And so Jinsun is, like, running down the hall, and there's a clock striking. Like, every creepy thing that you can cram into this scene is, like, the clock is striking, so he is humming Giselle, and Jinsun is finally like, Jensen, you can do this. Like, you're going to be okay. And then we see Sohi hovering outside her, like, dorm window, and the window just slides up. And Sohi crawls through the window like Sadako from The Ring. Oh, man. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that. They did this so great. They captured that that unnatural motion and got that the thing that should not be like this, this impossible logic just uh, as only Asian horror can do, man. So good here. Yeah. Oh, like this is why you watch these movies because the last, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of this are just like sheer madness. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and so like when she sees this, uh, Jin Sun does the smart thing and hides in a closet because ghosts can't go in closets. Everyone knows that. And we also see that Sohi, uh, like Sohi appears in the closet behind Jin Sun, but she's in her, that Giselle outfit from the ballet. Oh, it's so creepy. Suddenly, she's in the school hallway, and you can see Sohi hopping on one bloody foot and is dancing and swirling around her. And then, like, it, it's a bunch of, like, quick images of, like, that. And then we go to the dance room, and so he is literally floating in the air and spinning around, which is maybe my favorite image of the whole movie, yeah. is her just floating in midair in this dance room and spinning. And then we get to, and again, this is all, there's this weird kind of dream logic to all this, where it's, like, it's hard to connect her from place to place to place because all of this is kind of happening as she's in this closet being assaulted by this ghost. But then we go from the floating. So he to Jinsun trying to run up the Fox stairs and like, as 
faces appear on the stairs themselves and hands are grabbing at her ankles and she's she's trying to get to the stop of the uh, the top of the stairs so that she can wish for everything to go back the way it was and she in theory she gets to the top of those steps but then so he is there waiting for her and wraps her arms around her waist and says next time don't make me wait for you so long and and hold like squeezes Jin Sun until she I, I I don't know if she fully breaks her back here, but that's kind of the implication. Yeah. And then releases her and you see Jin Sun tumble down the fox stairs where she lies dead. <laughs> and there is one quick coda here, which is we see uh, a scene later with uh, a, a, a young girl with a cello on her back who is counting her way up the Fox stairs, but it's like, she gets the numbering wrong. And I think she ends up on like 26 or something. Anyway, the poop stair, the the poop stair as it's known, uh, far and wide (laughs) and in and out and (laughs) just out, (laughs) mostly out. Unless you're constipated, you've been eating too much cheese. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So she is taken to the room that Jin Sun had, which now have bars on the windows, which I really like. They were like, look, we got ghost problems. We should put some bars. We we heard a rumor of maybe some lesbian activity, so we're going to chain you girls up. Yeah. And uh, so then this girl kind of starts humming the same song that So He sang. And then we see the picture that So He took of her and Jin Sun after they did the hairstyling with the curls and stuff and Jin Sun looked kind of silly. And in the picture, Sohee's eyes roll up white. Yes. End of movie. Boom. Oof. I think Wishing Stairs fucking rocks. Yep. Uh what so I know you said you you had little memory of this movie, but upon watching this again, I mean when 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 the credits roll on this thing, what what are your thoughts? I love it. I, I feel like this is one of the most indulgent in the series, and that's a compliment because they wanted to pack it all. They want to get every ghosty thing they could get in that, like you said, that the whole final twenty twenty five minutes. I mean, it's chock full of craziness, and ah, oh, I can't can't even, dude. It's there's so many little things like I know next viewing is going to be even more rewarding than this one. There's going to be so many things that I missed the first time. Uh, just the, the shades of like Sadako and the gruesomeness, which I wasn't expecting in this freaking sequel at all. Just totally caught me off guard. Uh, and in the, uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just, just the freaking morbidity is just really off the freaking scales, and you care about these characters and uh, and Joe and Joe, the the one who played uh, Haiju. Mm-hmm. She is great. Yes, and I've only seen her in one or two other movies. I believe I saw Sorum from two thousand one, and I definitely saw uh, Muoi, uh, the Legend of a Portrait from two thousand seven. And she's she's great in that too. So 
ah, I just want to see more horror with her. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those movies, like you said, it's not derivative, but it's certainly referential to to stuff like The Ring. There's a, a ton of The Shining in this. There's a, a lot of like body possession stuff in it. It's just a little bit of everything, but it, it it's uniquely its own thing. It's not just... It's not one of those movies where it's like, oh, well, you got this from here and got this from here and got this from yeah. here, and it doesn't hang together. It's just a collection of disparate ideas. And, um, yeah, I just think it's just the best. I really love this movie a lot. And, all right, so, look, here here's a, a thing that we're, we're going to make a game-time decision on because we've been talking about this movie for a very long time. And there are five movies in this series. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the wishing stairs tonight. And then we're going to do the final two on another episode. Yeah. I think that is wise. I, I agree. But <laughs> there was so much to unpack with this one. Holy shit. Yeah. So, you know, to indulge in that a little bit more, the one thing that you've said, and I, I just want to reiterate is how good these characters are. Like, you know, about all, like, you know, like, so he being, uh, not just this kind of bright light of a character, but also, you know, she has this relationship with her mother who you don't really see, but there's this implication that her mother's really stern about the dancing and and that, so he kind of resents that. But at the end of the day, she actually does love to dance and she is really good at it. And she might have this romantic sort of uh, these romantic feelings for Jin Sun if nothing else, she truly she loves her platonically. If nothing else, and I think it's genuine. I don't think there's any there's no cynicism to that. I don't think. And then with uh, Jin Sun, that's a character who seemingly loves so he again at least platonically, but also has this you know this burning resentment that she's never going to be as good at dance, which she also loves, but she's never going to be as good as so he and, and hates the fact that. So he assumes that she's always going to be the second banana and, and which leads to, you know, so he's destruction and, and having that character of Haiju kind of lingering in the background until, Oh, she's the one who had this, this obsession with. So he, and when she brings her back, all of a sudden, Haiju is now kind of the main villain of the film, but is also tortured by the fact that she brought this girl back and didn't know what she was getting herself into. Oh man. It's oh, man. I love everything about this movie. It's so good. Holy now, shit. There is another film. This reminded me of a little bit because of something you said a moment ago. Have you seen the red shoes? Another Korean I, horror no, film. No, that's another one I have on the shelf, and I just haven't watched it yet. So that has the tie-in with the dancing. Um, it re- relies heavy on the the classic film, The Red Shoes, uh, the 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 dancing movie. I believe that's a, a ballet movie as well. Yeah, I I am bad. I have only seen uh, like Robert Osborne talking about it. That <laughs> that old scoundrel. Sure, but it takes all those elements that makes Asian horror great makes Korean horror great and packs them into one film, but it cranks it up. Like that movie is fucking bonkers. Like 
Spinal Tap is like, whoa, whoa, maybe turn it down. Maybe <laughs> the 11 was a bad idea for you guys. But yeah, so I think uh, we ought to put that on the 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 Bo Richard shelf or the Bro Brochard. Yeah, we'll have to. Bri- Riches. We'll have to tie it together with some kind of weird common theme. Like we'll have to find another movie that has an article of clothing in the title or something, <laughs> or another color or something like that. We, we'll the do Boxer's Omen. <laughs> we'll do the red shoes and blue is the warmest color. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, the Boxer's Omen. That's not about male underwear. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Requiem for a Boxers. <laughs> oh. Your arm got cut off, you damn junkie. Wow. Uh, Spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers for a Rod Serling film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that movie is only 60 years old. But yeah, I you know, it's not to keep harping on Wishing Sears. It's one of those movies that I, I, I kick myself now for not having spent more time with before. Because as much as I love Memento Mori, I still think Memento Mori is a better movie because it does get a little more bonkers, strangely. Like that last, yeah. you know, the the whole school riot scene of Memento oh, yeah. Mori is just the best. But there is something about Wishing Stairs that I think is, in some ways, very elegant. You know, like it, it feels like a movie. And it's weird that the guy who, who directed Wishing Stairs only did this and, and uh, yoga class. Are, are the two movies he did. He only did two films, which blows my mind because they're both, uh, are, I haven't seen Yoga Class, but uh, but Wishing Stairs is like a really clever, well-done, spooky movie. And, you know, look, I've seen plenty of trash from Korea and, and elsewhere. <laughs> and it's like, why is this guy not directing more horror films? Like, you know, that scene where So He comes through the window uh, all Sadako style. I mean, truly, it it rivals the creep factor of the first time you see that in Ringu. Yeah, and and there, oh man, that, and that scene, like I said, with her floating in midair in that room in the in the dance room is just one of the most striking images, not just of that movie, but I think of the whole like Whispering Corridors uh, series. Um, man, I love this movie. Ugh. Woo. Man, all right, Richard, I feel like I have reached a peak uh, uh, effervescence in, in, in discussing Wishing Stairs. Um, man, I love this you movie. Were, you were very bubbly. I love it. I love it. it it's, it, one, again, one of those movies that it, it's the reason I like doing this show is that I find good excuses to watch a movie like this. And it's like, oh, this is a movie I'm going to be able to put on any old time and really enjoy. Um, yeah. even, even the front end, like the front end of this is not dull by any stretch. I mean, you got, you got Haiju puking up the bathroom and so he note swan diving out the hospital window. <laughs> and, um, and I love just how shitty all the kids are to each other. Like, Everybody in this movie is cruel to everyone else. Oh my God. Except for Sohee. Like, the one character that is actually kind to other people dies and then comes back as a shitty person. I There's got to be some... Like, thematically, that's got to mean something. <laughs> I, I'm just not smart <laughs> enough. I just... It's so funny. This series is... I can't believe... I mean, we are three for three with just 
magic movies here. Like, because Memento Mori was the one where I was like, yeah, I started this one once or something. And then afterwards, you and I were like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? No, Memento Mori is, is the real deal like and and so is this like exactly whispering corridors again i don't want to undersell that whispering corridors is fine like there's a lot of interesting stuff in whispering corridors it's just the memento mori comes along and just sucker punches you and then uh wishing stairs feels like it should be more muted or something but it's not Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's not as outright bonkers, but all the notes that it's hitting, it's hitting right. You know, it's it and it, and I think I've, I've already used this word to describe it, but it's just it, it feels like a very confident movie of like th- this is exactly what it should be about. All these characters feel rich and real, and now let's watch them all just perish horribly and or th- or throw cake. Man, her getting that face full of cake is fantastic. That might be. It, the the show art is either going to be that or or the floating so he it just depends on what mood I'm in at the time. I mean, I was so like wrapped up in it. I was like, all right, this is a dream. No way they forgave her. This is going to turn dark really quickly, and we'll find out. Oh, she's asleep. And no, it was hilarious. She was so freaking full of herself that she thought the people who hated her guts were like, had finally come around. They were so proud. And no cake in the face. Right. But, you know, in a, in a way, like, I mean, it's hilarious. Yes. But also that is all Jinsun ever wanted was to be as beloved as so he. Yep. And in the pursuit of that gets herself killed, you know? And, um, and again, I think there's a weird sort of moral lesson there, which is, you know, you just, you gotta be your own person. You can't, you know, Hey, if somebody else is better at something than you, removing them is not the key to your own success. Like you have to find the thing that you are successful at. Um, yeah. Mm. Otherwise, uh, you one, get one day. One day I will, <laughs> sir. You are fantastic at at least one thing, and that is uh, being the host of Hello, This Is the Doom Show. Uh, another plug as we wind up. Uh, this episode of Hero Hero Go Show, what what was intended to be two films, we just got too excited uh, yep. about about Wishing Stairs. So we will uh, we will be back sooner rather than later to talk about uh, about voice and and we'll go ahead and uh, boy, what is uh, what is it? Bloody it is da, 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 a blood pledge colon broken promise mm. or Wishing Stairs. Five. That's right. The fifth and final Whispering Corridors film. Yes. Oh, uh, wish it, uh, excuse me. Whispering Corridors 5 Suicide Pact is one of the titles. Ooh, I like that. Man. That's the Sion Sono version <laughs> where they all jump in front of a train. I know where that's going. <laughs> Look out, puppies of the world. <laughs> if you get a fax full of hair, you're in trouble. Holy shit. Uh, God, even the trailer for that movie is friggin' terrifying. Oh, for Suicide uh, Club? God, bless America and Japan. You know, uh, it's a, a thing that I've said a number of times on Hero Hero Go Show, which is Sion Sono is one of the greatest working directors right now, and just nobody knows it. Um, 
Yeah, you know, did you have you watched the Amazon uh, Tokyo Vampire Hotel? No, I have not seen that yet. <laughs> it's it's so bonkers. It's wonderful. Yeah, uh, I need to see it. Yeah, it's uh, ten, eight, ten episodes, and there are. Let me just one little little taste, a little a little Susan, if you will. Um, there is a bit where they're um, they're raising a girl to is she gonna be a hunter or is she gonna be food? I can't remember. Anyway, but um there she's given to uh parents to raise her and being kind of watched over by these powerful vampire folks. Mm-hmm. And as soon like one day the girl goes missing or something and the parents are like, holy shit, we we lost her for a minute. And so the vampires show up, murder them and just take the girl to another couple. And are just like, hey, you got to get this right or you're fucking dead to raise this foster child as we tell you to. And like it's that is almost irrelevant to the main story. It's just that Sion Sono is like, hey, we're going to take this little detour and get into the weird power dynamics of this vampire culture. Man. And it's Sion Sono is so good. And, you know, he's uh, his next movie is with Nicolas Cage. Yes, that I heard about. Oh, <laughs> Lord Almighty. <laughs> oh, man, we live in an age of miracles. It's going to be You Tore My Shirt, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it turns out he's directing the next National Treasure. As <laughs> National Treasure 3, directed by Sion Sono. Oh, my God. Uh, a Tokyo Idol band, or Japanese Idol band, uh, is the key to the Liberty Bell. <laughs> the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um all right richard anything you want to plug before we get the hell out of here oh no you you plugged me up all good sir that's what i do is i plug people up to the best of my ability <laughs> uh hey folks thank you so much for listening uh next time around uh actually probably between this episode and the next bonus episode will be the actual episode of hero hero go show which will be on uh Quidan. so oh shit uh-huh nice. Yeah, I just uh, got the the Criterion blue of that in. So I'm in the midst of research and and notes and prepare yourself, ladies and jelly spoons, for all the information about uh, a gentleman by the name of Lufcadio Hearn uh, that that you ever wanted to know. Um, Lufcadio. Yeah, it's one of the best names. Lufcadio Hearn is going to be... uh, the the name that I hope people will remember uh, coming out of that Quidan episode. So, um, anyway, Richard, thank you so much again. Uh, I will be listening to more. Hello, this is the Doom Show right here at LegionPodcasts.com. And hey, folks, if you're listening to this, be sure you subscribe to the Legion Podcasts uh, podcast feed on the podcatcher of your choice where you not only get this show, but you get Hello, this is the Doom Show. You get the new show Desmond's Flicks, which... Uh, is is a super fun new addition to the the network uh you got your who will survives you got look so many i'm leaving out uh great shows check them all out and uh subscribe to the ones that that you especially love and um and that's it so uh until next time richard say goodbye to everybody goodbye everyone forget me not unless you do ditto bro (laughs) bye everybody
Sleeping, 느끼며 살고 있어. 